Me and a buddy got to geek out at a local comic shop, and I'm going to tell you what I'm reading. Hey, my name is Hilton Price, and I'm an OK Geek. Welcome back. We took a week off last week, and I want to thank all of you for your patience, and hopefully you spent some of that time listening to some of the other great shows on the OLA Ministries Network. But if not, I'll allow that too. Either way, I'm just glad you are back for our, what is this, our fifth episode, sixth episode? I'm not even sure I'm keeping track at this point, but what I am keeping track of is all the cool opportunities that me and my fellow podcasting buddies over on the OLA Ministries Network have been able to do. And just the other day, it's not out yet, it'll be out soon, uh, but Michael Zampino and I got to sit in on the Comic-Cons podcast, which is hosted by King Castro and Master Jules, and that's uh, recorded over at Impulse Creations Comic Shop here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And before I get into the main um, uh, guts of what I want to talk about today, I got to tell you about this show because we had a lot of fun. First off, Castro and Jules are big comic guys, they're big podcast guys, and those two loves are coming together for a really great show. And the fact that they're supported by Impulse Creations really gives them a good home base to operate out of. And let's talk a little bit about comic shops in Tulsa before we get into Impulse Creations, because I was really blown away by this store yesterday. Now, I've been buying comics in Tulsa for a little over 20 years now, and I've shopped at just about every store in town. Uh, My home base is Comic Empire over near 31st and Mingo, which is the oldest comic shop in Oklahoma, currently run by a guy named Kenny. Uh, He is the third owner of the shop, uh, following up on decades of ownership by Mike, who was just a a great guy for introducing people to comics and helping them curate their list into something they were really enjoying. And Kenny is keeping up that spirit. Castro was telling us a story yesterday about how Kenny got him into comic reading and even gave him his first long box full of comics. I'm not going to get into the details, and I'm not going to get into too much else about what we talked about on Comic-Cons, because I want you to check it out. You can find the Comic-Cons podcast. It's cons like K-H-A-N, like Genghis Khan. You can find the Comic-Cons podcast on both YouTube and and Spotify, and I'll try to throw a link up on my Facebook when I post this episode as well. And of course, if you're following me over on Opinions Like A-Holes, we've been talking about it over there too, because that's really what it was, is kind of a collab between Comic-Cons and OLA. But back to the comic shops, I'm a Comic Empire guy, I also shop at Wizards Asylum quite a bit, that was my original store uh, that I used to shop at, and they're both really great locally owned businesses, and then I've also been a fan of Mammoth Comics, they are especially a good store for finding your back issues, for finding your trade publications, and for finding unusual covers if you're a cover collector. That is until walking back into Impulse Creations the other day. Now, Impulse Creations is a really unique store here in Tulsa. They started out as just a mail-order company, and then they finally opened up a small storefront near 61st and Memorial. And that was when I first walked in there uh, about two years ago. That's what it was, kind of a shotgun-style store with a great selection of issues, but... um, Definitely a small store. It is not a small store anymore. Walking in yesterday, I was blown away. They have knocked out the wall of the neighboring uh, business, and they are now uh, almost three times the size, and they have a massive selection of books, just rack after rack and display after display of new books, old books, hard-to-find books, so many variant covers. It is a variant cover hunter's dream in there. Uh, I could have blown a ton of money just finding stuff to line my walls. Uh, ended up finding a back issue of Wonder Woman I was looking for. Uh, also rated their Funko Pop collection because you gotta, and uh, found a cool Wonder Woman there as well. 
Gotta check it out, you guys. If you're in the Tulsa area, um, Impulse Creations is definitely a, a store to check out. I, I still love my home base. You're looking for back issues. You're looking to get in the weeds, digging through long boxes on an afternoon. You just want to have that old comic smell. Comic Empire is always your jam. It is the oldest. It is the best in Tulsa. But man, if you make a second stop and you don't hit Impulse Creations, we ain't talking. We ain't talking. All right, guys, uh, check these stores out. Check out the Comic-Cons podcast. But here's the thing. While we were on Comic-Cons, we got in the thick about some different comics. We talked a little bit about Batman. I got to share a lot of my thoughts on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we even touched a little bit on my love of Captain Marvel. And it got me thinking about one thing that I haven't shared on this podcast or really anywhere is what I'm actually actively reading. Uh, and if you're a fan of comics, I was hoping maybe this will be something to guide you to some series to get on. Or if it's just a way to find out what other people are into to maybe give you some suggestions or stuff to check out at a later date. I thought we'd go over a little bit of what I'm reading right now, both on my official pull list and what I'm grabbing when I stop at local shops around town. Because there's kind of a unique angle to how I shop. About 11 years ago, I actually moved the majority of my comic buying online. I started using DCBService.com. DCB Service is based out of, I want to say like Illinois or Indiana, somewhere in the, the kind of the Mideast, mid, uh, upper uh, Midwest. I don't know what you call that part of the country. Near Ohio is what I call that part of the country. But whatever it is, uh, that's where they're based out of. And they do mail order books at an incredible discount. And as someone who was really watching my budget around 2012, I needed an opportunity to buy comics at a discount and they really came in clutch and I've kept an ongoing pull list with them now for 11 years because of that and I'm gonna start with some of the books that I get through them because they are where I go because another thing too is they I, I have never missed a book because of them uh, you know if something was late delayed there was a damage in the print run they have always made sure that I eventually got the book in hand that I ordered and I am so grateful to them for that so let's talk a little bit about what I'm reading, starting with some of the stuff that will never, ever, ever, ever come off of my pull list. Uh, you got to start with Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' Saga. Saga has now been going on for years, uh, even after the hiatus it took after issue 54, I want to say. But now that it's back on a semi-monthly schedule, it was immediately back to the top of my pull list. Uh, they call it Star Wars meets Romeo and Juliet. They call it uh, quite possibly the greatest ongoing comic series of all time. They call it a lot of things. Either way, it's just a fun ride with incredible art. Uh, not for kids, not for the faint of heart, not for someone who's not going to cry whenever things get sad. This is for all of those things. You have got to read Saga. If you're not do listen, if you're not reading stuff by Brian K. Vaughn in general, that man's entire back catalog is excellent. Everything from Why the Last Man to Pride of Baghdad to Ex Machina. The man churns out Banger after banger after banger after banger, and Saga might just be his masterpiece. So you have got to be reading this book. Uh, the book that I say that if you're going to pull a single issue off the stands at any time and you just need one comic to read, the book you have to walk into your comic shop and get, Usagi Yojimbo. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Easily the best ongoing book in comics. Uh, every issue that Stan Sakai puts out is a masterpiece. Uh, pulling from Japanese folklore, turning these hardened stories of, of death and honor and survival into epic narratives involving anthropomorphic animals is such a weird way to make a comic, and it works. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Usagi for years, uh, and I will literally read any book that Stan Sakai puts out. So uh, you got to grab that as well. That's my easily my number one and my number two, Saga and Usagi. And if we got to go for a number three, 
I'm still not at Marvel or DC, you guys. I got to go with the Fab Four, TMNT. Uh, that book is so damn good. If you're talking about an ongoing narrative, an ongoing story that has now gone for more than 140 issues uh, without... Uh, uh, I don't know. Is there a single bad issue in that run? I, I know some folks have not been in love with some of the recent stuff from Sophie Campbell. I still think it's great. It's fantastic world building. It's added several new characters, several new characters I care about. We're not just talking ancillary bullshit. We're talking about well-developed, thorough characterization. And Sophie's nailing it, you guys. I get that it doesn't always have the action you're looking for from the Tom Waltz era, but it's still good stuff, and the entire team has been good, and if you're not reading TMNT, you gotta, and if you're not willing to go back to issue number one back in 2012, I don't tell you. That's the place to start. Just grab one of the Ultimate Collections and read them. Hell, I'll even give you guys a discount tip. You don't got to buy the Ultimate Collection. You got a tablet? Hop on Comixology Unlimited. It runs you about six bucks a month. The entire TMNT Ultimate Collection is free. Six bucks a month to catch up on TMNT? To catch up on a book that wrote, brings together the best of the Mirage original series, the most silly fun of the 1989 cartoon, and then elements that have been improved and tweaked in each subsequent iteration, both in comics, movies, and cartoons since, puts them all together in a stew and says, here's your perfect fucking Ninja Turtle story? Yeah, take it. Take it, and take it for six bucks a month. It's the best deal you're going to find. Moving on to the big two. Uh, let's talk about Batman. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, it's Here's the deal, man. Say what you will about the ubiquity and the infallibility of the character these days, uh, about the way that he and some of his biggest nemeses are just shoved down our throat, property after property after property. Uh, I, so many of you, if you see one more Batman or Joker story, your head's going to explode. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I've been there the whole time. I've been in the weeds for 20 plus years. The character is played the fuck out. But that doesn't change the fact that Chip Zdarsky is probably doing one of the best runs on the character ever. I'm not, and I said it. I said it. The Chip Zdarsky run is a top 10 Batman run so far for sure. I'm just going to say it. You can hate me. You can hate me in the comments. I don't care because it's true. Zdarsky, since he has moved from art to writing he is proving a force to be reckoned with. We're going to talk about him again on a different book in all of 30 seconds. But he is absolutely killing it on Batman. And there's a lot of Bat books I'm reading. And the eponymous one might just be the best. Zadarsky on Daredevil. I told you I was going to talk about him again. And that's where it is. The work he's doing on Daredevil is equal tier, if not better, than what he's doing on Batman. The entire storyline pre-Devil's Reign with Mark Cicchetto. Devil's Reign was solid. It, it's not been my favorite uh, Marvel crossover. It was not, even as a Daredevil-based crossover, and I'm a Daredevil guy, and it was not my favorite Marvel crossover, but it was solid. And what he's been doing since in the eight issues of the relaunch series, I just read number eight this morning, and what he's been doing in the eight issues of the relaunch series with him, with Daredevil, with Matt and Elektra taking over uh, the fist has been impressive. Uh, I'll even say this last issue was messy. Issue eight is messy. It's not perfect. And I got questions, but the run itself supersedes one messy issue. Good stuff. Got to check it out. Honestly, we're at a point right now. If there's a book with, with Zadarsky's name on it, just grab it. There is a handful of writers now who you can buy on name recognition alone. And Zadarsky is by far one of them. Buy every book he's got. Just hip. Honestly, have I mentioned someone who is not 
you know, besides the TMNT team, because I haven't read everything that Waltz and Campbell and them have done. But right now, Vaughn, Sakai, and um, Zadarsky, you see their names by whatever it is. Doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't fucking matter at all. Uh, what else am I loving right now? Captain Marvel. Uh, Kelly Thompson, man. Let's throw her name in that mix as well. Anything I've read from Kelly Thompson has been excellent. Her 13-issue run on Black Widow ended way too soon. That was a really cool series that got waylaid by delays and BS tie-ins. And it, she deserved more on that. That was a great series. If you read her recent Black Widow series, I, I highly recommend it. And her current run on Captain Marvel, which is now at just about issue 48, 49. We're right around from 50. Congrats, Kelly. So thrilled to see you hitting that Marvel milestone with Carol. Um, this book has been great. Uh, solid adventures with Carol. Uh, building a unique uh, kind of family or core for her uh, with her um, constant use of Jen Walters, uh, of... Um, um, excuse me, I can't think of her real name, but Spider-Woman, uh, Hazmat, uh, Honey Badger, just a fantastic team of, of heroes working with Carol and, and heroes that you don't get to see a lot of. Getting to see more of Hazmat and Honey Badger in a book has been a joy. And the sense of family and unity for this, you know, quote unquote, Carol core has made the book fun. Thompson has been given enough toys to create her own corner of the Marvel Universe, and it has been really, really cool to see. I am a major Carol fan, and this has further cemented that in me. And I'm going to give it one more shout-out. I get into it on the Comic-Con show, so you got to listen to that on Friday when that comes out. But uh, how Impulse Creations, the comic shop, even helped me uh, cement my love for Carol. So thank you to Impulse Creations for that. Thank you to Kelly Thompson for a great book. Uh, what else we got to talk about uh, that I'm reading? Uh, let's jump back into the Bat family a little bit uh, and get into some more controversial stuff. Like, I've been on Catwoman for about 50 issues now. I was on uh, the Ram V stuff, which was solid, and I'm still on the book since Teeny Howard has taken over. And the Teeny Howard stuff is getting a lot of pushback, but I don't hate it, you guys. It is dense criminal noir content. It absolutely um, fridges Batman, which is weird and fun. Because uh, after the relationship that they had, Teeny is now pulling back on that and has Catwoman interacting with other people, even throwing a new love interest uh, in the book almost off the bat with this Valmont character that she introduced, who admittedly the design was flawed because my first question out of the gate was, is this Valmont? Is this Ghostmaker? You know, how many fucking new characters can be running around with a white mask with uh, uh, fabric trails coming off? It's annoying. But either way, once I figured out who the hell this guy was, he's a pretty solid character, and Teeny Howard is doing a good job taking this book in new directions, and I get it. All the Bat-Cat stands don't want to see it. They want to see Bat and Cat back together. It ain't happening right now. It's, that's not what we're doing. So meantime, this book has been fun. It's been action-packed. You currently have Selena in jail while someone else is running around uh, under the Catwoman mantle. Uh, it's good, guys. It reminds me a lot of Brubaker's Daredevil. I know, that's a bold statement, and I know a lot of you are not going to agree with that, but I'm calling it. Teeny Howard's Catwoman is Brubaker's Daredevil. Boom. Batgirls, Becky Cloonan, uh, I think Michael Conrad on the art. This is a weird and wild book. I have not always been sure I'm going to stay on it. As we hit into issue, uh, I think I just placed an order for issue 17, the book has been a little erratic, but... I'm enough of a Stephanie Brown fan that I'm on, I'm on it for a bit. And, and, and I've always been intrigued by Cassandra Cain, and I love seeing Barbara back in the Oracle role. So I am down to follow this book for a bit, and the art is insane. It is some of the most wild, 
punky kinetic art that I'm seeing in a DC book right now. Only possibly matched by that Tim Drake Robin book, but I'm not a fan of that one. Uh, that was a little too much for me, but Batgirls is killing it. And the sense of style and family and just the themes, the colors, the there's a lot to love on each page of this book, and that's really made it a joy for me to read. Uh, staying in the Bat universe, um, uh, I'm getting off my DCBS list for a minute and getting into some books that I pull when I stop into my local stores, when I pop into Comic Empire, when I visit a new spot for me like Impulse Creations. Um, I'm currently reading a couple of other Bat books uh, just because, honestly, the Bat family is not only one of the ones that I'm the most familiar with, but one of the ones where the intricate connections of stories are the most joyful for me and I, I, I get the most thrill out of seeing the connectivity. Um, so some of the books that I'm reading staying in the main Bat family um, are Batman versus Robin. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I like Damien as a character. He is not my favorite Robin, but I've especially enjoyed lately to see where they're going with him. And the idea of him just kind of getting back into his pain-in-the-ass brat role and being a thorn in his father's side again was interesting. So I've enjoyed that book. Uh, that pushed into Lazarus Planet and the Lazarus Planet tie-ins, which were good. I, I, I like the premise of Lazarus Planet. I didn't love the execution entirely. But, you know, sitting down with, uh, with Castro and Jules the other day, uh, I could really get the sense they were loving it. So, you know, that's something to remember as a comic reader is not everything that you're going to enjoy is going to be enjoyed uh, in the same way by others. And as long as someone's getting it, getting into it, I'm, I'm happy about it, you know? So even though Lazarus Planet wasn't my favorite thing uh, in recent months, the fact that they're digging it makes me real happy. And, and the, I like Mark Wade as a whole. So just getting a chance to ride along with him for the Batman versus Robin role and even this follow-up epilogue in issue five that I just read this morning was nice getting back into what Wade does well, which is just tell larger-than-life, um, uh, cohesive stories. Uh, and now that we're pulling out of Lazarus Planet and back into the main book, I I'm feeling that again. Wade is also writing World's Finest, which pits Batman up against with Big Blue himself, Mr. Superman, uh, for team-ups, uh, and, and a lot of stories set in the early days of the heroes uh, working together, and that I've enjoyed as well. And World's Finest, Batman versus Robin, and all the Lazarus Planet shenanigans are really connected and really all were, were born of the world's finest book when Wade started writing it maybe a year ago. I think we're only on issue like 11 or 12 or maybe 13 at this point. Uh, and actually, let me, uh, I, I'm not even sure. But, but, and it's really neat because what Wade has effectively done is Mark Wade told a story that took place years ago, but he, he only told it last year. But it took place years ago and then set up something that he immediately took later, told later, as if it was a thing happening years later. It was... A little cheap, but deft stepping. I'm not going to lie. The fact that he was able to tell an, a, a, an old story to set up a new thing like that and, and do it all in the last year, you know, good on you, Mark. This, clearly, this is a, a guy who's been in the industry long enough that he, could, he saw the steps he needed to take to set his pieces in motion to do something cool. And to see that kind of planning, to see the puppeteer strings in action as, as an old comics fan... It was a lot of fun to watch. So even though I didn't love everything that's happened with Lazarus Planet, seeing the whole thing play out has been really cool. And I would not have had that opportunity if I hadn't got excited about Mark Wade being on a DC book. Also, the colors in both of those books, the art in both of those books, World's Finest and Batman vs. Robin, are really, really pretty. And despite some serious topics, you're talking about devils, the end of magic, Batman's dead in one of these books. I won't spoil how he comes back. But... 
it still looks gorgeous. And, and, and the fact that these harsh, serious topics can have this gorgeous, vibrant art, that's comics, man. That's why we're doing it. That's why we're reading it. So loving those books a lot. Always been a big Mark Wade fan. I've been a fan of Mark Wade uh, since he was doing um, Fantastic Four over at Marvel. And that's giving you a little preview of what we're going to be talking about when we get back over on the Marvel side. But before we do that, let's wrap up our Bat books and talk about Batman versus Joker, the Deadly Duo. This book by Mark Silvestri was not originally on my pull list, and I only started grabbing it once issue one hit my comic shop. Uh, and it's I'm not the biggest Silvestri fan. Uh, he's had some hits for me, but overall, I'm just not super into him anymore. And the idea of Batman and the Joker working together, I'm like, you know what? I don't need more Joker in my life. I still got an unread copy of Joker War sitting in the other room. I, I don't need more Joker right now. But then the book came out, and I saw the art, and I saw some of the setup, and I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. It's six issues. I can do it. And it's been good. It's been interesting. And it's it's definitely, they're using these characters to the best of their ability. Let's talk about the train scene. Uh, and we get more into it in the Comic-Cons podcast. But there's a puzzle that Batman has to solve without taking lives to save lives. And since the Joker is with him, how does the Joker solve the puzzle? By taking lives. Uh, and it's tragically funny in a way. And then, of course, gruesome. And, of course, a reminder of why you don't want these two working together. Uh, but very interesting book and rounding out uh, the Bat books that I'm into right now. I think that's everything I'm reading from the Bat corner of the world. Oh, one more. One more. Surprised I could forget about uh, old Dick. Uh, but Nightwing. Got to talk about Nightwing because I jumped on that about uh, 10 issues ago. And the Tom Taylor run on Nightwing is exactly as good as everyone is saying. I have enjoyed the hell out of this. I enjoyed this so much. I jumped on Superman, Son of Kal-El just to read more Tom Taylor. Like, this guy is good. And I'm going to be staying on with, um, is it Adventures of John Kent? Is that Tom Taylor too? What, what else is Tom Taylor writing? He's writing something coming out soon, and I'm jumping on it, you guys. Maybe it's Justice League. I can't remember. Anyway, he's the guy to watch. I am so much into him right now. And Nightwing has been a joy. Okay, all you need to know about Nightwing to, to know how weirdly fun this book is, is he currently has a three-legged dog named bite wing that's how silly this book is right now uh meanwhile there, there's the normal super heroics there's the normal interpersonal him and barbara are back together he's working closely with the mayor of bloodhaven the titans just showed up in the last issue 101 was a joy by the way i'm not even a titans guy i read judas uh contract i've read a few titan stories over the years i'm not the titans fan that a lot of folks are uh, but to see Starfire and Beast Boy and Cyborg and Raven all show up to help out Dick in the last two issues has been a joy. So Nightwing, if I drop every Bat book, I would keep Batman and Nightwing by far. Those are the ones right now. A couple other books that I'm pulling over on the DC side, uh, I'm reading... Um, the Harvey and uh, excuse me, Harley and Ivy, uh, the, whatever the current crossover coming out of the uh, HBO Max cartoon is, it's like uh, League of Bats or something. Um, yeah, I think it's League of Bats. Let's see if that's what it is. Something like that. Legion, Legion of Bats. It's a little six issue mini coming off of season two, I say, two or two or three of the animated series. Uh, if you're not watching the animated series with Kaylee Kuko and Lake Bell, that is an absolute joy as well. Uh, that show is so much fun. It is very adult and very silly uh, and, and weirdly pro-LGBTQ, which I, I can't hate at all. Uh, and the book does a good job of keeping those themes, uh, keeping the fun off-the-cuff style, and being very focused on, on Harley and Ivy um, and, and their 
troubles together and against each other because uh, there is a little conflict in this book. Um, but good stuff. And it's coming out of season three, I, I want to say. Season three because you have um, Ivy working with the Legion of Doom and Harley working with the Bat family. So interesting stuff there. Um, I, I've got one more book I'll mention on the Bat side that's coming down the pike that I want to mention is this DC Speechless uh, I'm not really sure what it's about, but it looks very silly. I'm guessing it's going to kind of be like the Nuff Said issues that Marvel did about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but a, a book maybe without word bubbles. So should be interesting on how the art tells the story on that. Uh, let's pop over to IDW real quick um, and just mention uh, the ongoing TMNT series, which I will continue to be reading. Uh, I'm also reading... Uh, Armageddon game, which is the current crossover, which ties into the series. There's also the current Armageddon game Alliance uh, miniseries. And these, the Armageddon game, Armageddon game Alliance, and the core TMNT book are all tied in together for the Armageddon game crossover. It is a beast. And, you know, if this was Marvel or DC, I would not be reading all of them. But maybe it's just because I am that involved in these characters in this world, but I am loving seeing all of these chess pieces that have been moved into place over the last 10 years uh, exploding into major conflict. Seeing the Utrams, seeing the residents of Mutant Town, seeing the EPF human agents, seeing the Neutrinos and the characters from space, seeing the introduction of Cuddly the Cowlick from the Archie series from 30 years ago. It's as if this series was written for me, so it's kind of neat. I'm not, I'm not hating it at all. Uh, over on uh, IDW, they're actually getting ready to do another TMNT Usagi Yojimbo crossover. That's called Where When. Uh, issue one is either out or out real soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and then we will see um, uh, where that one goes as well. The last Usagi TMNT crossover was very good. And, of course, those characters have been playing in similar playgrounds for many years. And, and you know, you heard at the top of the episode how much and how I feel about Usagi. So good stuff there. We're on the home stretch, you guys. Just a couple more minutes of talking about comics, and we're going to move on as we head over into the Marvel corner of the universe. We mentioned Captain Marvel, uh, such a good book. We mentioned Daredevil, such a good book. And I did mention that Mark Wade's Fantastic Four is one of the things that got me into comics. And the Fantastic Four is back on my pull list. Uh, the Ryan North Eben Cabello series that started a few months back has been really, really good. The art by Cabello is fantastic. It is really bringing me back to the days of that Wade run with the classic late Mike Weir Ringo on art. Ringo, that is a man who knew comic art, and even Cabello is doing something very serious, uh, very similar. Excuse me, and I'm loving seeing it. The story, I think there was an edict from Marvel recently where they encouraged writers to have a mystery in number one. Uh, you had the recent Amazing Spider-Man relaunch with, um, I can't remember who's on the book, but where it was the What Did Peter Do mystery. And then sure enough, the first issue of Fantastic Four under Ryan North opens with a shot of, or ends with a shot of Manhattan and a big crater. And the question, what did the Fantastic Four do? We are now learning a little bit about what happened and how Reed had to make a last minute decision to try and save the planet. And he ended up hurting a lot of people. Um, and it's having an impact on their uh, ability to work and function as a team and as researchers and as a family in New York. So um, I don't love this set up a weird mystery style uh, in general. I, I think those kind of corporate edicts are a little um, weird, 
but uh, this book has been good. Uh, and the 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 stories they've told along the way as they've kind of gotten to this reveal have been kind of self-contained stories. There was an interesting one with Ben and um, Alicia Masters on vacation where they encounter a town uh, going through some kind of Groundhog Day situation where it keeps repeating the same situation. Uh, later, Reed and Sue encountered a town where nearly every resident was a doombot. Um, so unique puzzles, mysteries, almost a Twilight Zone-esque feel to how these plots have played out. And I, I'm really enjoying it. It has been a, a lot of fun. And as a guy who who often reads books you know, every day for a couple weeks and then ends up taking a few days off, it's been good because it's helped me kind of like – I haven't always had to know what happened in the previous issue, which is good for me. As we get into our home stretch here, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other books uh, that I'm just jumping on now, uh, and I'm excited to see where they're going. Uh, Scarlet Witch, I, I mentioned that a little bit the other day, how I've been into the new book from her. I just added that to my official poll list. Uh, she's, this is the one where she's running a little magic shop and helping people who randomly come to her for help. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting a sense like Captain Marvel on this, where they're going to kind of be giving Wanda her own little unique family to work with. Uh, we see um, Darcy from the Thor films uh, popping up uh, as a, 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 an employee in the shop. And, and I, I would love to see more of that and that dynamic. That's a, a fun one. I am go looking at Superman number one. Uh, the new series that just launched has been really good. Um, I also jumped on Action Comics for the Superman Returns arc. Uh, that wrapped up around 10.50. And then at 10.51, they have started a new initiative where they're going to be doing three stories a month uh, focused on the super family. I have chosen the 10.51 on action, the Superman number one, and the upcoming Adventures of John Kent uh, as an excuse to jump on the super books for a little bit. I've not read John Kent yet. I'm really excited about that one um, just because I really like John as a character. And uh, as a new character goes, as a legacy character goes, I've just got a lot of faith in him. So I'm kind of curious to see where they go with him. Um, but Action 51 and 52 were good. They were good. If you want super books, you want a couple of different stories in a book, you want to get your money's worth, they're good. Superman number one was excellent. That that may be my pick right now. I got more of a sense of I'm excited to see what happens next from that book than I've had in a long time. And the art, another one, amazing art. Just really... Not as cartoony as like what Eben Carbello is doing over on FF, but more of like an iconic look. Everyone just looks so goddamn good. Like Lois comes out of the office and she looks like she's running the damn paper. You know, Soups is stopping a, a, a train crash and he looks like a damn hero. You know, it's, it's just really just powerful, powerful, iconic art. Really, really good stuff. A couple other ones that I've been reading. I am a Star Wars guy. I've been reading Star Wars Han Solo and Chewbacca. It's a solid book. It dips into the history of Chewie and Han a little bit. Actually, I think I may have... Did I drop it? I may have dropped it on my most recent order. But I, uh, for 10 issues or so, I've enjoyed it. It's gone into a little bit of their history uh, and the world of smuggling. And it's, you know, it's fun little, little short stories. Um, take it or leave it. If you're a Star Wars guy and you want more Star Wars, go for it. Uh, I, I jumped on it because I really enjoyed the core Star Wars series during its first run uh, between Star Wars and Empire, and then I read Darth Vader uh, through all of the Kieran Gillen stuff, I want to say, until Charles Sewell took over. And then I've been reading the Charles Sewell stuff digitally, and that's good as well. Um, so I, I jumped on Han and Chewie. It's okay. Um, I may be off it, though. 
But I am going to jump on this Darth Vader black and white, uh, or black, white, and red, excuse me. And that's the latest in the Marvel series of miniseries uh, that are, instead of fully colored, only have black and white art or with a single splash of color. And I, I'm guessing this will be black, white, and red. And, and I'm just, I, I think it'll be fun to read some done-in-one stories about Darth Vader in this powerful art style. So excited for that. Uh, and that's about all I've got going on uh, in the weeks ahead. I am very much looking at jumping on um, Justice League, Avengers, and Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange is 100% going to happen. I, I talked about the Clea Strange miniseries on here and how much I enjoyed that. Uh, and I'm going to stay on Doctor Strange for a bit. And that's written, oh man, what is his name? He is such a good writer. Is that, let me see if I can find who wrote that real quick because that was so damn good um man oh man i i i'm uh, jed mckay thank god i found that so fast because i i don't want to lose you guys but jed mckay i've mentioned him before he's another one every man that every book that man writes has been fantastic so jump out go grab some of that um that has been good as well uh you know another writer who i, I hear a lot of good things about is al ewing and I think it's his wife, Eve Ewing, who's writing the Photon miniseries. I'm going to throw that in real quick, too. I've been reading that, too. Uh, I'm a Monica Rambeau guy from back in the Next Wave days. Um, uh, and I know that's kind of like not your real Monica Rambeau, like because she was Captain Marvel and Photon before that. But that's just happened when I got into her. Uh, and, and I just love the attitude and that just don't give a fuck style. Uh, and I so I jumped on Photon uh, when that came out a few weeks ago or a few months ago. And that's been a solid little miniseries as well. It's more of like a reintroducing Monica. Uh, on the heels of WandaVision and, and her character coming to live action. Uh, but I'm here for it and just happy to see uh, Monica being represented in the book. So check out that book by Eve Ewing as well. Uh, and then Jed McKay is the one doing the new Doctor Strange. I'm excited about that as well. And then I think he's going to be doing the Avengers. That's why I'm jumping on that. And I want to see, is it Tom Taylor Justice League? Let's see if this is a thing. I, I'm probably making this up. I Yeah, it looks like I, I looks like I'm wrong about that. So forgive me on that. That's probably wrong. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll look into that and I'll come back maybe in a week or two with some more stuff on Tom Taylor to talk about. But as we wrap up guys, uh, that's some of the books that I'm reading. If you're looking for some stuff to check out, I would recommend it. And if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, and you're listening to all seven of ours over on the OLA ministries network, check out the comic cons podcast, uh, Jules and Castro got you taken care of. That's it for me guys. We'll see you next week.